recording is good to go. All right. So, Father, we lift up this time, the shofar. We ask you to bless it. Let everything be accomplished. Your will to be done. In Jesus' name, come speak through me. We thank you for it now. All right. This is lesson number seven, when God fights for us. When that which is like the voice of God, we know the shofar is like the voice of God, is released into the atmosphere, what is of the enemy begins to flee. That's why there's so many breakthroughs that happen at the shofar. Um, Things like sicknesses, bondages, addictions. Even people that are lost, their souls that are captive to Satan, it seems to help break that bondage off them so that they can get saved. And as I think I've mentioned through this, but some of the most powerful meetings at Brownsville were the weeks that uh, Dick Rubin came and he had the shofar and they would have really powerful prayer meetings and they'd be blasting the shofar over the souls and, and all that. It was just really powerful. And those weeks when he did that, he was there, went down as being some of the most powerful weeks in the revival. And it was because it helped to drive back the tides of darkness. And I'll tell you something, if you're going to go after God, you're going to go after his presence, you're going to go after, if you're going to go after souls, um, there, is a, there is an element of spiritual warfare there. And you really have to be ready for that, okay? Um, my wife will confirm this, but uh, theres I don't think there's any way we could explain to people some of the stuff we've been through, you know. Um, it's hard to put into words. But anyway, but God gives you the victory. But here's something as you sound the shofar, let me show you, what does it look like when God fights for you? All right, so we know the story um, on Mount Sinai when God came down and he appeared to Israel in that pillar of fire above and, and the top of the mountain. And his voice was like a shofar that grew louder and louder. And we know in Revelation 4.1, when Jesus appeared to John in his glorified state, John fell on his face like a dead man. And the voice of the Lord sounded like a shofar. So we know that God's voice is connected to the shofar. But as you blast that shofar, in the Bible, what does it actually look like, though, when we say that God fought for us? Here's a couple things. In Exodus 14.24, we know the story that the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea and the waters parted. Okay, And it says this, at the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud. So there was like this portal, this open heaven. And there was a pillar of fire, and God was looking down through that like a telescope. And he saw the army of the Egyptians, and he threw them into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve. He made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. And then we know the water closed in on them and destroyed them. In Second Chronicles 20.20, we know the story that Jehoshaphat was... Uh, really concerned about the enemy, but God spoke to him through the prophets to send the praisers and the worshipers and the dancers and those with the tambourines and, and probably the shofar blasters in front, the praise and worshiping priests to go in front of the army, which, which seems so stupid in the natural. But he obeyed God and did it. And the next morning, this is what it said, they rose early in the morning and went out uh, to the wilderness of Tekoa, and when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah, and heaven is to Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and he will be established, or you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets, you'll succeed. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those that it sang the songs, put them in front. And look at this, it says that when Judah 
came to look out um, of the wilderness, to look out of the wilderness. They looked toward the multitude. They were coming up that mountain and looked down. And behold, there were corpses lying all over the ground. No one had escaped. God had went before them, threw them into confusion. They completely destroyed each other. And there was just corpses everywhere. And Israel didn't even have to fight. God fought for them. And they topped that mountain, looked down, and just this sea of dead bodies. And they went in there and plundered the goods. Most people get excited at these stories. I don't know if y'all need to wake up. And then 2 Samuel 5.22, Now the Philistines came up once again and spread themselves out, uh, out over the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, um, You shall not go directly at the circle round behind them and come at them in front of the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of the marching on the top of the balsam trees, then you shall act promptly, for then the Lord uh, will have gone out before you to strike the army of the Philistines. And David did so, just as the Lord had commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. So we know that as God did this also with Gideon, that they blasted, the 300 men blasted those shofars, and there was you know over 100,000 warriors out there, but they got thrown into confusion. They began to destroy each other. And 300 men ended up chasing him and defeating him. It's a miracle. What about the walls of Jericho? Does it make any sense? You know, these thick fortified walls and people marching around it once a day for six days. On the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times. And all they did was blast shofars and shout. But the walls supernaturally came crumbling down and God gave them an awesome victory. And so there was this quote that a lot of Christians use. I've heard it a lot about the shofar of the Babylonian Talmud. There was a, a Rabbi Isaac that said this, and I believe it's true. He said, if the shofar is not sounded at, at the beginning of the new year, evil will try to befall at the end of it. Why so? Because the accuser has not been confused. And so there is something to confusing the enemy. So the point about it is this, that the shofar, when you're using it as a weapon of war, God will throw the enemy into confusion. God will cause his strongholds to come down, and God will fight for you. Isn't that awesome? And so many times I believe that we try to fight ourselves too much, but if we would blast the shofar more and trust God, let God throw the enemy into confusion. Let the angels of the Lord be released. Let God fight the battle. Let the strongholds come down in front of you. Um, I believe we'd see a lot more things um, in our services and in our ministries. And so anyway, that was what God laid on my heart tonight. And it really reminded me of what I said earlier about Brownsville, how when he would come during that week and in the prayer meetings would just be blasting the shofar over different things, and it would just shatter those strongholds. It would confuse the enemy. And by the end of the week, um, as they had those powerful revival services, all these people getting saved, there was, a, there was a marked difference in the atmosphere because that which is like the voice of God went forth and God fought for them, okay? So, Lord, we thank you for this time and we ask you to bless us. Let faith arise in your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.